0: Morning with Daryl McIntyre it is brought to you by Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. 6 on your Wednesday morning. Great to have you. It's the second day of school for the uh, city of Edmonton and students here. Hope uh, hope yesterday went well for all the the kids of varying ages, from kindergarten all through into university, college, and trade schools. I uh, Hope you had a good first day, and that it continues to be a good uh, day uh, moving forward all through this fall. Each and every month, we bring in the Chief of the Edmonton Police Service to have a conversation just about some of the things that are going on in our city, some of the things that are going on with the EPS specifically, and how that impacts the community. And so it's nice, uh, once again, to have Chief Dale McPhee joining us this morning. Chief, how you doing? Good morning, Daryl. Uh, doing all right. How about yourself? I'm pretty good. Happy September. It's a, always a, a time of change. You get the get the leaves starting to change. You get the kids going back to school. Sports is all cranking up. It's a, it's a, It's a time of change, isn't it?
1: Yeah, you bet it is. And uh, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, obviously we want uh, people to pay attention. Kids are going to school, obviously I to pay attention to what's going on right now. But, yeah, the sports and everything, it's it's, it's a bit of sadness closing down. Like you're losing a little bit of summer, but there's lots going on, like you said, and something to look forward to always.
0: Now, lots of things that we've been facing here in the city of Edmonton, we've talked about a number of them, but as I go into the fall season and start heading toward winter, one of the things that comes to my mind is that I would think the change in how policing is done regarding uh, houselessness, homeless population, encampments, people in transit, and trying to get out of the elements and all of that kind of thing. Is it a time of year where you do try to come up with a different strategy of how to do what you do uh, as we head into the
1: winter months well i mean when we're talking about uh, the strategy in relation to that i think the, the first thing that we got to remember here is i know there's lots of talk around the you know the encampments and everything right now but they're just not safe i mean the number of uh, we recently had a drug bus associate selling uh, large amounts of illicit drugs um, you know those individuals are charged with 43 weapons offenses we've had some serious some stabbings, uh, and then of course there's the fires and the safety piece you know so we're looking at a whole new approach to that um you know the city obviously takes the lead in relation to how they deal with encampments and I, nobody wants to put anybody whether it's in the summer or in the winter out in the elements but at the same time uh we have to deal with the safety and some of the violence are in there and obviously the number of the criminal element that's uh, basically saturated into that particular area so we absolutely are looking at um, how we approach that differently and uh, you know for the most part it's uh Tied with uh, drugs and drug trafficking, and you know uh, we're, we're also looking at uh, how we deal with that differently uh, in the in the next few weeks. Uh, uh, we have to get some accountability back in the system it, it's it's not about putting people in jail if they're if they're struggling that's about connecting them but it isn't acceptable to let uh, the criminal element and, and the violence uh, that's escalating in these particular environments carry on
0: uh it is interesting and we've talked about it quite a few times here over the uh the last four or five days or so that there's a Coalition for Justice and Human Rights that filed this lawsuit against the city of Edmonton over encampments, basically saying that uh, to remove these encampments infringes on the human rights of those who are living in them. Uh, I guess specifically this is about whether there are enough shelter spaces that they have somewhere to go. Does this enter, and I know this is just underway, but does any of that in the background enter into what you do and how you plan to deal with some of these
1: encampments? Well, I mean, it's always there. You want to connect people to services, but I think the the piece that's not ever mentioned uh, that's the reality of it is most of the people in these particular environments don't want services and you can't force them to services i mean you know when you talk to our front lines that are out there working on the city you know you're you're dealing with a probably over 85 percent that don't want services and that's a point in time uh you know uh how they uh, are living their particular style if you know if the drugs have taken a hold and Sometimes uh, you know people uh, under the influence aren't making their best decisions either. So there's lots of things that go into this, but I think there's one thing that I, I really want to emphasize. Uh, you know, we're a support agency on, uh, in relation to encampments. We're there obviously for safety reasons, but you know, the whole thing is to offer people services. But uh, to think that that's the answer alone, and just building housing is the answer alone, I mean, although it's a very valuable piece, there's a lot more complexity to this, and you can't force somebody into services. But at the same time, uh, you know, we need to have those options available. But at the same time, you also can't just allow the lawlessness and uh, the interference with people's uh, personal property, the interference with you know running a business, the interference with you know lawful enjoyment, and you know, there's a lot of kids and and these environments as well. So not necessarily in the encampments, but walking through the particular areas that we have to we have to address as well. So you know we're looking at this from multiple angles. We always do. Uh, the city, as I said, is the lead on encampments and. You know, uh, obviously uh, some folks uh, have a certain uh, perception of what they think the answer is but uh, as somebody that's kind of grew up uh, around these things, uh, if anybody thinks there's a simple answer here, answer here, they they really don't understand the problem. Yeah.
0: Well, and that also comes back to really where the buck stops. Like you said, the city has the lead, but you have a responsibility for, uh, for safety to do. You know, the city doesn't say, okay, police, now go over there. You you guys have your own autonomy to try and figure out the best way to attack something. It can be with some guidance and suggestions, etc. But that, that, like you said, it's a complex issue but it's also complex as to whose ultimate responsibility is to make the decision on what to do with encampments.
1: Yeah and I mean it's a balance piece too I mean you know it's uh, uh, there's got to be there's got to be rules I mean uh, you've seen this play out all over North America you see it in Seattle uh, when you know there was no rules and what happened you've seen it in San Francisco you're seeing it in Vancouver it doesn't mean that you have to be hard and it doesn't mean that you have to be always enforcement looking at the, the justice system, but there has to be some rules. There has to be, uh, you know, some control in relation to the situation because people's lawful enjoyment of their property and their, and, you know, the ability to earn a living and run a business also has to be taken into consideration. So we look at this and, you know, the, the, the ultimate is to get people connected to services, but the other ultimate is those that choose to uh, take advantage of our vulnerable community and the number of stabbings, the number of shootings that have happened in this particular area, that's not acceptable. And that's where the justice system steps in and holds them accountable. We had a good meeting with prosecutions yesterday. How are we going to deal with some of the escalating violence in some of these particular areas? Mm And uh, it's always something that we're looking at trying to find the the best way. But I, I also want to Just emphasize as a police service, we probably have the most services of any police service I know that worked on the front end with help and the navigators and our teams trying to connect people with services. We measure that. You know, some of them are 35 to 60 percent success rate. So it's not like we just go in heavy-handed with justice. And I think people that, uh, again, think that's always the answer just aren't paying attention to what's actually going on.
0: Yeah, uh, you know what? You brought up the, the the meeting with with prosecutions. I'm really curious to dive into that a little bit more if we can. And I've got lots more for you too. But need to take a quick break. Can you uh-huh. hang on the line? Will we come back uh, in a few moments.
1: You bet. Thanks,
0: Joe. That's Chief Dale McPhee. He's our, our guest this morning. Chief of the Edmonton Police Service. Back with him in a moment. This morning with Daryl McIntyre, presented by Abe's Door Service, with 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. 7-16 on your Wednesday morning. Head with police chief, Dale McPhee, our guest uh, this morning on This Morning. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, you'd mentioned conversations with prosecution. If you're trying to do enforcement, you're trying to get the bad guys off the street, the bad elements that are within anything from encampments to beyond uh, with some of the issues that we're facing, we keep hearing about the revolving door. You can take them off, then they go through the justice system, and they're right back to where we started again, because there isn't capacity. Surely that has to be a big part of that conversation that you have with the prosecutors. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I think we're, it's, it's not a capacity issue anymore. It's You know, it's a process issue, and there's been a lot of talk in relation to C-75 from the federal government and how things have changed, and, you know, everybody's kind of getting released uh, since COVID, and certainly those play a role in it. Um, and then there's the piece about bail and trying to keep people inside while they awake custody when they're obviously, uh, you know, a risk uh, to safety to others. And uh, some of these things, we're just trying to get a reset here in relation to this and i mean you know you've heard me talk on the show before we had 26 homicides in the last two years and there's been a a few since then that uh you know that were people out on conditions and these these are really really violent individuals you know just on this past weekend you know we had one individual assault with a weapon uh you know obviously intoxicated drugs and you know probably some mental health as well but he has 400 entries in the system we had another one stabbed a person in a wheelchair on the weekend. We had another home invasion with a shotgun. The reality is we need to ensure when people are at risk of safety to the, city's, the citizens of Edmonton that you know everybody's doing their part uh, to keep these individuals in custody. It doesn't mean they shouldn't be rehabilitated. That's what corrections are for, and I think you're aware that I used to have corrections under me as well in, in a different province that's where the rehabilitation you know the vulnerable person that hasn't really committed the crime that's just got an addictions issue that's a different situation than the, the violence and the escalation and the number of entries and the number of charges and the number of convictions you know there's a safety perspective here and trying to get that so we're on the same page trying to get people uh, to be held in custody that you know uh, for obvious reasons are a risk to others and you know that obviously has a large presence in our encampments as well and when you look at things like that you take consideration gangs and other things that escalate or organized groups that operate in that and it's generally around drugs so um, you know all those things need to be taken consideration so that was what we're talking about how do we get some balance back in the system how do we get some accountability back into the
0: the system. And can you do that before a federal decision is made you mentioned uh, decisions that are made uh, down east uh, the national seat of government but in the meantime you got to deal with the realities of now so that, on true. that local level are you able to come up with strategies that will make a difference
1: yes i think we absolutely are uh, uh you know uh have the ability to do better uh you know as you mentioned we definitely need those changes from the federal but we also have to do a better job on the provincial in relation to ensuring that we're doing the appropriate analysis uh, to get the right people that should be held in custody and and obviously as we mentioned earlier in the show the people that maybe the custody isn't the best place for connected to services generally health services
0: uh especially after what the I think last winter, maybe it's just my opinion, maybe it's just uh, how much we talked about it, but it seemed like the, the issues within our transit system came to a head last year over the winter with uh, people in the transit stations, etc. Now, if, if you have people in an encampment, then certainly in those those neighbours around that encampment, that can be a problem for them. But when you start moving people, and, and if they're trying to stay in the transit stations or around that, then now you're impacting a much wider swath of the general Edmonton public. With that thought in mind, is there a new strategy or is this a continued work on the strategies that began in order to try and rectify some of those issues as we head into the colder months and as we transition into winter?
1: Oh, no, we're building out our transit strategy, and we've talked about this before. The province is actually committed to funding 50 new officers. I mean, you know, it's the right service at the right time to deal with the right situation when it comes to safety. I mean, we obviously, police are the only ones with the powers of arrest. The sheriffs have it as well. That's why we partner with the sheriffs, but, you know, they need to be dealt with appropriately and swiftly, and that's where the justice system comes in. If it's just a security issue, uh, you know, if it's uh, a fair Uh, a piece, well, that's, I think, where you've certainly got TPO's, uh, Transit Peace Officers, in place that can deal with that. But it's the right service at the right time, and, and I think that was, as we've talked about many times, was not really well thought when it went into it, but uh, they need a full-time presence of, of both of those entities, which we uh, seem to have having some success with lately, since we've been in there and have redeployed uh, due to that commitment from the province, and we want to continue to ensure that Do transit... You,
0: let me just jump in here. Do you think it's too simple of, for me to, to, to say, uh, because it's also important, not just in enforcement with transit police or sheriffs or police, but to also have these social agencies have some of, the, have some of these groups that can uh, perhaps a more empathetic uh, way of dealing with it but then if they can't rectify a situation that's when you guys really have to step in so it's it's it almost sounds like a take advantage of the help they're offering or else well
1: and and most exist. We have that obviously through Ventaro on the street. We have that through our Pact and and help teams, which are partnering with several social agencies. So those things over the last year and a half to two years have gotten much better, and are actually making it very successful. The key to it, though, as you mentioned, is a team approach. The key is not sending individuals in there without authorities, because a lot of times there's safety. But when you put the two in a in a police car together or in a in a vehicle together. Um, um, you get a lot more success, and that's really been the strategy that we've been building out. One,
0: yep. One more for you before we let you go, because we're running out of time You're here in a hurry, but it's just a couple of weeks ago you we got uh, confirmed funding. Uh, City Council approved uh, this, this predictable funding. How much of a difference does that make to you? Was it enough? Are you satisfied? Are you happy? Were you dancing in the hallways?
1: Well, you know what? It's happy, but it's it's happy because it's stability. And I mean, you know, we got to remember the history of the funding formula. It was designed by council, uh, and, and it actually works. And there were studies done to show that it actually worked. And then, for whatever reasons, it was chosen that we were going to end it. And, and so that actually hampered us quite a bit because, you know, when that funding, even though it was approved, it got cut. We had to make provisions to to, to hit our budget targets, so we had to delay recruiting, which leads to less officers and. And the list goes on so with yeah. the stability uh, to the things that you're talking about you have the ability to move resources around but if you don't have those resources you know it takes a while to recruit and get them in the door and now we're trying to obviously play catch up so yes it is stability and i mean it's let's face it at times like this uh, our calls for services are going up and uh, to, to, to meet that demand you need people and that's what we're focusing on in this uh, this does does uh, help us in that, but it actually takes some time to actually roll in because of the delay that we had from previous. So, yes, we're, uh, we're, we are we're feel comfortable that this will allow us to get to where we need to get to in our planning stages. Stability is a good thing. We're
0: all looking yeah. forward to, to finding
1: some of that down the road. 100%.
0: Chief, appreciate your time. Good chat with you all. always. Uh, shall we do it again next month?
1: You bet, Daryl, and thanks. And again, appreciate what you do uh, for uh, the city.
0: You bet Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good rest of the week, Chief Dale McPhee of the Edmonton Police Service, joining us this morning.